Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Ajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. We'll have a mock, basically a mock game um, we we're going to run through uh, now that we have our kick time, uh, basically helping our guys understand uh, what they can expect, what they can uh, you know, plan to see in our pregame, and basically just go through the whole process. Uh, just make sure the organizational aspect of it is, is, is as good as that, that possibly can be, and then you know, continue to work on our preparation. That is Mike Norvell, FSU at four a little bit, uh, what they would do normally would play a football game this weekend. College football kind of started up, but you know, not really in the ACC until September 12th, not really in the SEC until September 26th. So it feels like a long way off still for the SEC. Some of the TV schedules and times came out yesterday. ACC now just around the corner. I mean, we're talking next Saturday. So the countdown is certainly on in the ACC. And for Florida State, they named the quarterback James Blackman yesterday. No surprise. And I'm... Well, I'm curious. You're right? curious to see what Florida State looks like under Norvell. <laughs> He's had some tumult already with going on, what's going on off the field and players being vocal. And he seemingly smoothed that over on two occasions. Mm-hmm. Pretty wild, right? Yeah. It'll be it'll pretty wild when the story is someday written on the Norvell chapter at Florida State or at least the beginning of it. How did he do that? <laughs> right. Yeah. How was he able to do that? Well, here's the thing, too. If you come out the gate to start winning right away, well, forget about that. Everything right? you did worked. Exactly. Right? But if you start losing right away and you have a rough season, well, those things get brought to the light once again. Yeah, absolutely. So it's it's going to be interesting to see how some of these teams look right off the rip. Yeah. You know, I get it that college football doesn't have preseason games to begin with. They kind of do their own scrimmage thing. But without the spring practices, a spring game where I never really put a lot of value in, but at least the spring practices mm-hmm. and to kind of get everybody on the same page with a summer of adversity, with COVID-19, with people trying to deal with everything, all the emotions that are going on. And by the way, at college, you're supposed to still worry about school too mm-hmm. <laughs> you know there's one other element to deal with uh that that the pro guys don't have to worry about uh, with all of that going on and now this extended time between when your mental clock says it's time to play football i just wonder how that adds up i wonder if it adds up to rust i wonder if it adds up to sloppy play i wonder if it adds up to fresh play and ready to go a clear mind almost uh, at least for those three hours on a saturday in the nfl's case a sunday so i think uh i think this is in 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 my opinion for me one of the most anticipated september's of all time in college football and in the NFL, because I don't know how it's going to look quite right. The NFL, I mean, we don't, when, this is more of college right now, but the NFL even more so because for the first time ever, they don't have preseason games. Uh, so there's so much doubt and uncertainty. And could that even be a good thing in a weird way for some programs and schools? And then you add to that what just happened at Georgia. With Jamie Newman now opting out, still got 25 days. So it's not like Saturday is a game or even next Saturday is a game. But Newman was supposed to be the guy. I think I just saw Todd McShay's list for the draft in 21. He's number six. I didn't realize he was that high Mm -hmm. on some people's lists. But number six, QB coming out in 21 draft. I know 
everybody was excited in Athens about Newman coming over from Wake Forest and being able to play and replacing Fromm. And this was the guy, even though they have some other guys in the stable, but unproven. This guy has experience and they like his game and they thought he'd thrive in Georgia. But now opting out with COVID-19 to work on and get ready for the draft like so many other players have done and are doing this puts Georgia in an odd place. It does. You know, and once again, we don't know all the schematics at all the details of of how this decision came to be, especially it's so close before the season is going to actually start up here. I mean, that news will probably come out later. Um, but obviously with Jamie Newman, it was a big opportunity to showcase his skills and move up draft boards, obviously playing on a team in Georgia that always has the weapons. That's obviously a quarterback-friendly place. So, once again, we don't know all the details right now, but I guess as a player, Brett, like the hardest thing right now, it's the uncertainty, right? Because, listen, we're all excited for college football right now, but who's to say that it's going to go for, you know, 10 weeks? Yeah, good we, point. We don't know that quite yet, right? So maybe if you're Jamie Newman, you thought, well, you know what? Yeah, I mean, I'm at Georgia. It's a good situation to be in right now. I have a lot of tools at my disposal. I can showcase my skills. But maybe I'd much rather just focus on the draft, focus on the combine, things like that, and ready myself for the NFL as opposed to being in an environment of college football where we don't know. Like, that's the biggest fear, whether it's athletes, whether it's parents. It's the fear of the unknown. And right now with COVID-19, and yes, I understand, college football is a goal right now, but there is still some fear of the unknown. And I wonder if just it was Jamie Newman's job to, you know what, I'm just going to focus on the draft at hand and go from there. Yeah, it's well, I, you get that, right? I mean, I, I understand if I'm if if I'm a top six quarterback coming out of the draft. He's not Trevor Lawrence, and he's not Justin Fields. He's not those guys. Trey Lance, mm-hmm. he's not them. Uh, but he's maybe in that next tier of guys. Man, I just feel like Newman had a lot to gain this year. You know, Trevor Lawrence, Justin yeah. Fields, they don't have a lot to gain. Yeah. Even Trey Lance. Even I don't Trey even Lance. know if he has a lot to well, gain. He's going to have that one showcase. Top 10 guy. Yeah, he's going to have that one showcase game against, I forgot who they're even playing now. It's, it's one showcase game and that's it. But you know where Trey Lance is. But I'm trying to get in the mind of a guy like Newman, who I think kind of has a lot to prove, uh, you know, still, yeah. and, and could really increase his stock with a big year. The other side of it is, uh, you know, depend again, we don't know what's going on. Maybe his family. We don't know yeah. uh, his experience with COVID-19. Maybe his uncertainty about the season. And, of course, injury comes into play. And so, uh, I mean, he obviously went through Georgia camp for a couple of weeks here Mm -hmm. and then decided, you know what? I think I'm going to get out of here. Maybe he didn't like the way it was going. Maybe he didn't like yeah. the feel of it. Maybe he didn't, didn't think he was all in on it. That you just Until they and, talk about it, we don't know about it. And listen, and especially in the realm of college football where all it takes is one season, go ahead and ask Joe Burrow what one season did for him. Go ahead and ask Justin Fields what one season did for them. Right? Go Great ahead and point. ask Dwayne Haskins what one season did for them. Like, all you need is one year to say, you know what? Man, I'm going to go from maybe the fifth, fifth, sixth, seventh best quarterback in this draft to maybe a number two, maybe a number three. Who knows? Maybe even number one. Who knows? But I'm just saying, I think, and once again, I I don't want to downplay the fact that maybe there's some family issues in place, some health issues, whatever the reason. But I don't want to downplay the fact that Jamie Newman, man, you had a chance to shoot up draft boards. It was, it was only up from here, and now you may stay stagnant. And we're talking about maybe a form, maybe a first-round guy to maybe make a second, third, or fourth-round guy now. Well, uh, Jamie Newman did uh, come out with a statement 10 minutes ago, and and 
It says this, with much prayer and discussion with my family, I would like to announce that due to the uncertainties of this year amid a global pandemic, I'll officially opt out of this football season to prepare for the upcoming 21 NFL draft. I'd like to thank Coach Smart for extending the opportunity for me to be part of the University of Georgia football program. Although my time has been short, I've built some great relationships, had a chance to continue my development. As I prepare for the journey ahead, I remain hopeful and excited about what the future holds, especially during these challenging times in our world. Uh, hashtag grateful, hashtag God's plan. You know, it, very interesting. It doesn't look like there's dirt. I checked up in in Atlanta and Athens, uh, at least with some folks I know. I was like, is there something here? Like, is there something going on, like, behind the scenes that would spark this kind of decision? Yeah. And it doesn't appear to be. Uh, it just appears that a couple weeks in, says I'm out. Mm-hmm. And at least for the Georgia situation, they have some guys in the stable uh, that they could lean on. Now, JT Daniels coming over from USC, coming over from the torn ACL, still hasn't been cleared. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we'll see if that happens. Maybe that's a little bit of a sign uh, that, that he could get cleared, but we'll see. Uh, Carson Beck from right here in Mandarin is a freshman at Georgia. Didn't appear to maybe even get any kind of snaps or anything of the sort, and even a look this year. Uh, kind of felt like he'd take the red shirt. I thought I heard whispers of that anyway. Um, but given the fact that you really don't need a red shirt this year anyway, that throws Beck right back into the fold. Mm-hmm. Stetson Bennett is there. He's a senior. But they've tried to get four other quarterbacks over there to replace Jake Fromm, and probably because Stetson Bennett is Stetson Bennett, mm-hmm. <laughs> not because strong they have a lot name, of faith though. in him. Hey, strong name. Yeah, wear Stetson a with that. Bennett. I like that. And Dewan Mathis, uh, redshirt freshman. So, you know, who knows what happens with their situation. I would assume JT Daniels becomes kind of the guy that everybody's looking at. He's got a history. He's got some talent. He's also coming off a torn ACL. Mm-hmm. And, you know, can that happen in time for the next three weeks he get up to speed? Either way, if you're a Florida Gator fan, you're like, okay. Oh, yeah. The door just opened. Oh, yeah. Now, it might have already been open, and, and Gator fans were like, oh, we we're going to beat them this year anyway. You know? Yeah. Uh, it doesn't matter. You have not caught up to the Georgia Bulldogs until you beat the Georgia Bulldogs here in Jacksonville, in my estimation, yeah. if you're a Florida Gator. So this is a huge opportunity now. And like I've said already, this opens the door up in college football. And maybe for somebody else even in the SEC, it could be the Gators, but it could be Someone else, Remember, there's three conferences playing, which means there's a really good chance in the final four this year you get two from – well, it's going to happen. You're going to get two from one conference. Mm-hmm. Well, the SEC is always a favorite in that regard to get two from one conference. And who does that open the door uh, for? Uh, the Gators certainly – could be there. Even an LSU could be back at it. Yeah. Uh, who knows what a Texas A&M does, A&M does this year. But you could get boxed out potentially of the championship game, the SEC championship game, and still get in uh, the playoff depending on where you rank. Well, and listen, if you're a Georgia Bulldog fan right now, obviously you're in the panic button just a little bit because I can only assume that Jamie Newman was going to be the bona fide starter of this offense. I mean, that's that's pretty fair to say right now. And keep in mind, like, Jamie Newman's skill set necessarily isn't what the, the backup quarterbacks had in mind. And usually the way college football works is you don't bring necessarily, like, the guys that you – I mean, you bring in the, the five-star prospects and all these great quarterbacks and things like that, but they're all different styles. It's not like the NFL where you're looking for a certain style and then you tailor the offense about that. No, each quarterback on that team probably has their own kind of offense tailored to them. So you lose Jamie Newman. You lose a guy who you spent pretty much the entire training camp here with COVID-19 – 
rallying the offense around. You lose him, and now you're kind of back to square one a little bit, and now you have to tailor an offense to a new quarterback. Oh, and by the way, you're going to play in a couple weeks here. So good luck with that. You know, it's interesting, too. You know, depending on what you read about Newman, he could even sneak in the first round of, uh, as a quarterback in the 2021 draft. You wonder if he started hearing things like that, like got more like, hey, man, you – you don't yeah. need to do anything else. Like, you're going to be a first-round, second-round pick. You're going to have a chance. Uh, don't risk that. And, and you wonder, you know, because it can work both ways, right? I mean, guys will slide, too. I mean, you, you go back for that year, you go put on a show, or you don't, and then you slide and you dip. Uh, just ask, a, and I know it's not the quarterback position, but a Chenault or, or a Colin yeah. Johnson, and their draft stock slid a little bit because of, of their last years in college. Now, not to say they were either coming out or going back, but their last years in college. Um, it happens, is the point. It, it, it does happen, but once again, I think that the sky was the limit for him to. I mean, listen, I, I don't think he would have dropped a lot if you talk about Jamie Newman here, okay? And if you want to talk about whether you're going to be a first or second round pick, we're talking millions and millions and millions of dollars. Now, I don't know how important money is to you, but I know that if you have an opportunity to make $10 million versus, you know, maybe $1 million, that matters to anybody, right? So. Whether he had somebody in his ear saying, well, you're going to be a bona fide first-round pick, I think that's irresponsible because how do you know? All right, because let's be honest here. Right now, the way I look at this list, you may be the fourth, fifth, sixth, or seventh best quarterback. And that's depending on who shines this year. Who's going to be this year's Joe Burrow? Like There there may be some guy that just bursts on the scene that we're not even talking about right now. So when you put that all into account, you can't wholeheartedly say 100% that you're going to be a first-round pick. And if you can't do that, if you don't have the luxury of like a Chase Young did last year, it's like, oh, yeah, Chase Young, first-round pick for sure. Oh, yeah, obviously Trevor Lawrence, first-round pick for sure. If you don't have that luxury, I think you got to risk it, man. But once again, it's his decision, and he made it, so more power to him. But I'm saying if I was him, I probably would have made a different decision. Yeah, so uh, we'll see what happens with JT Daniels. I mean, seriously, the guy with the inside track now to be the starting quarterback at Georgia, which by name would be okay, is JT Daniels. But he hasn't been cleared to play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 25 days away, 24 days away from the start of the season for the dogs. I mean, but it raises is, your eyebrows a little bit now if you're in Georgia, if you're in Athens and if you're a Georgia Bulldog fan. It's like, whoa, okay, Jamie Newman uh, is going to be a, a second or third round draft pick probably at worst, yeah. and that's our guy. And JT Daniels is a good name. It's, it's, it's a pretty good talent. It's okay, but he's coming off an ACL. He's not even cleared yet to practice. Uh, I would say tenuous times in Athens right now for Kirby Smart. Well, I was going to say, but let's give Kirby Smart a little credit here, too, at the same time. Because keep in mind, he brought in uh, Daniels after Newman. He did. Like, like, in May. Well, yeah. yeah. So if you're Daniels and you're coming off that knee injury, and it's like, well, you obviously still want to play football, right? Like, football is still important to you. And you're going to go to a spot where they just brought in, like, this, this bona fide, high-praised guy out of Wake Forest? Props to Kirby Smart because, listen, I mean, once again, we don't know what JT Daniels is going to bring to the table with that injury and things like that. But if he comes out, plays well, it's a testament to Kirby Smart to somehow coax JT Daniels in from the West Coast over to Georgia and say, you know what? You're not going to be the starter, but we like what we got with you. Kirby Smart's an unbelievable recruiter. I mean, he got five-star after five-star after five-star in Eason, Fromm, and Fields to say, okay, I'll go there, even though you already have this guy that you've pretty much said can win a Heisman here and win a national championship. Oh, and that guy that said you can win a Heisman trophy and win a national championship, and he got Fields to go there anyway. Yeah. And I think Fields is such an interesting character in terms of college football and college sports and kind of the game that it's become. Because he goes to Ohio State, and we talked about this from our 
from the COVID point of view a few weeks back. And uh, most people have brought it up. But it's just ironic that he goes to Ohio State, has a big year. He's supposed to come back, have a big year, probably be the second quarterback off the board. Mm -hmm. But he's not even playing. He transferred from the SEC in Georgia, goes to Ohio State, gets the one year of action, but now is not playing because of the Big Ten. Well, now the story just took another twist. If Justin Fields had stayed, he might not have played last year, but he definitely would have been playing this year. J.D. Newman would have never come over. J.T. Daniels probably wouldn't have come over. But Justin Fields would be playing football in 2020. Yeah, but Justin Fields also right now is probably the second best quarterback in this draft class. So that decision didn't really... You know, it's really not. Negative. No, but he also is he's very and just in terms of playing. He wants to play. Oh, no. I, you listen, know, man, I mean, he I, he's been one of the vocal guys about playing. I completely understand that. But either we're talking about Justin Fields going probably, you know, in the top 10 of the NFL draft 2021. Yeah. Or we're talking about Justin Fields. All right. Well, let's see if this Justin Fields kid, kid has that a Georgia yeah. this year. And hopefully he can do well. So and so. that you, you bring a good point up. He might not even play, though. And he's not going to play this year. It looks like we'll yeah. see if it's spring or a winter league or something happens for a big 10. But. He already did what he needed to do. Correct. It was still a right move for him. So now on the backside of it, it's really Georgia who's feeling the pain of Justin Fields mm-hmm. not being there. They mm-hmm. thought they were okay because Newman coming over. Like, okay, this isn't a bad option. Uh, and we'll see what JT Daniels can do or one of these other guys uh, if Daniels isn't ready to go. But just a wild twist of, of college athletics, right, and the, and the way it is. Keep in mind, Daniels got cleared right away. Came over from USC, got cleared. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like there was a hang-up at all uh, in that process. He's just not cleared to play because of the injury. He's cleared by the NCAA mm-hmm. to play for the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, hey, we got a couple minutes before we uh, head to break, and, and we're going to talk a little fantasy football. Real quick, thoughts on the NBA last night. The, the Donovan Mitchell-Jamal Murray battle was awesome, right? Epic, great sportsmanship at the end. By the way, still like to see that in sports. That's okay. Uh, it was a little bit of a flop in Game 7. In terms of being like, I mean, they had scored so many points in this series. It was 50 points for Mitchell and 50 points for Murray. And, man, we can't wait to see the fireworks last night. But let's be honest. It it was a good basketball game because it was 80 to 78. It was a wild finish. Mm -hmm. I mean, anybody would have flipped that on last night. It didn't matter if you were a basketball fan, a Nuggets fan, a a Utah fan. That was a fun watch for the last five minutes. But let's be honest. We didn't get what we thought we were going to get in that game. No, you didn't get, but it, it it shows you a testament of the coaching that was taking place there. Right, because in in a game seven, you have to ask yourselves, well, how do we get to this point in the first place? If you're Utah, how has Denver beat us for three games? If you're Denver, how has Utah beat us for three games? And it's simple: Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray. So you saw two teams last night that took it upon themselves to try to shut those two playmakers down. And for the most part, I think they did a great job of it. Now, I think from Denver's perspective, when you have other guys like you know the, the Joker, if you will. Um, it was his time to shine last night, and he had a fantastic. I think he had he dropped thirty last night. Kuz, yeah, Jokic, yeah, thirty, yeah. yeah, he dropped thirty last night. So I mean, it, it goes thirty as, out of eighty, by the way. Oh yeah, thirty out of eighty, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> l- listen, it, it was a testament to you know what we can't let these guys beat us anymore, and they shut it down for the most part. And joked it, you know, the Joker as I call him, or everybody calls him. It was his time to shine, and that's what happened. Well, you look at pretty good coaching. By the way, Mitchell played really good defense, correct, on Murray. Uh, we go to Game Seven tonight, Rockets mm-hmm. and OKC, and, and Billy Donovan. By the way, who we talked about when he won the Co Coach of the Year uh, award, well, they must have given two awards out, right? Yeah, because he won Co Coach of the out. Year, and then Nurse ended up winning one. Yeah, I saw that, and I was like, "Wait a second, we've already talked about this." Yeah, and I was confused they, at they, that. 
But uh, it might have been a writer's AP thing versus an oh, NBA thing. Confused, uh, who knows? Yeah. But either way, we know Billy Donovan has done a heck of a job this year. Correct. And I think he's really proven it in this series, right? Like a lot of times we say, hey, why don't they give those awards out after the playoffs? Yeah. Well, this is evident that he was up for coach of the year or whatever the heck he won as co-coach of the year. And he's getting it done in the postseason, too, because this is a heck of a coaching job by OKC and Billy D. Well, and listen, this is also why I called um, Houston my most overrated team in this bubble because they live and die by the three number one. And when you have Westbrook and Harden on the court at the same time, and you saw this in the last game, for whatever reason, Harden, the prolific scorer that he is, chose to take a second, I guess, you know, post to Westbrook. And it was Westbrook's lead. And Westbrook was the guy in crunch time who tried to win the game. You saw what happened. He played out of control, turned the ball over. The Oklahoma City Thunder won. So once again, I just, I truly don't think that the that the Houston Rockets can coexist together with Russell Westbrook and James Harden in crunch time. Now, I, I didn't think that they're going to lose to the Thunder in the opening round, but it could very well happen tonight. Do they, though? No, I think the Rockets get it done. Yeah, I kind of do, too. It's just too much firepower. Who's taking the last shot then? Westbrook or Harden? Oh, for sure it's Harden. Last night they decided to go with Westbrook because Harden needed a quote-unquote break. And I fought Harden for you could see when Westbrook had the ball. Harden was like, well, I'm not in the play. You know, like he he didn't go around and, and try to get open. But th- this is my point, though, Coos. If you're James Harden, you're you are putting up historic numbers year after year after year. You're an MVP consideration. Why don't you you demand the ball? Like why do you take a back seat to what Russell Westbrook then? Well, the shot's not falling. You know, it's, it's, oh. it's the play that's drawn up. You know. I guess, man. But listen, like if, if you're a shooter, like if Reggie Miller, Steph Curry, any of those guys, I don't care if Quay Thompson's like the ball goes to you. Like that's your yeah. team, and then that's my issue with it. I, I just feel like. There's too much discrepancy right now of who's truly the leader of that team. Now, I think Harden definitely is the leader of that team. But if you are the quote-unquote leader, then demand for the ball in crunch time. Don't give it off to Westbrook and say, go turn the ball over a couple times. All right, seriously now, real quick before we go to break. Harden or Westbrook, down by one, who do you want with the ball? Not who do they want with the ball. I know they both want the damn ball. Yeah. But who do you want with the ball? See, I think Westbrook. Mm. I feel like no. he's unstoppable. You, Harden, you've got to rely on a jumper. No, uh, Brett, he can go to the hole, too. Ah, yeah, yeah, but you're going to go to the hole. You're going to force you're him talking, to the jumper. See, all this, and this goes back to Larry Bird again. Just because the guy can shoot three-pointers doesn't mean like you he, know he's in competition with Larry Bird. I the guarantee you tonight, score. Harden will not drive to the rack in that situation. Brent. He will step back, launch the three, The and guy jumper. has revolutionized how to play the game in the NBA. Players are taking note of how James Harden, how James Harden plays the game. No one looks at Russell Westbrook and is like, well, I got to copy Russell Westbrook here. He looks good. No. Everyone's copying James Harden. It's because he throws elbows and stuff going to the rim. It's because he's a perfect scorer. And people are starting to take note about it. Or it's Harden doesn't want to have to deal with uh, Stephen Adams down low. Well, I, who'd want to do that? Right. The guy's from New Zealand. Westbrook's explosive. Oh, he'll finish. He's more clutch. How, how much are they paying you? How much is Westbrook's people fall? How much is he paying you? Give it to Westbrook. Wearing whatever Westbrook had on last game. Oh, man. I can't wait wait to that. If Westbrook gets the game winner, I'll wear a Westbrook (laughs) outfit tomorrow. All right? There you go. We got to go. Okay. Mike Clay joins us next on ESPN 6-9. Brent Martineau. How many push-ups did you do in three minutes? Did you try the challenge? Austin Lane. I don't don't need lactic acid build up when I'm in fight camp. Brent, you kidding me? Take my word for it. I've been more than you. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690.
I will say this about Deshaun Watson. He is absolutely phenomenal. He's actually my sleeper pick for MVP this year. Best offensive line and most cohesive offensive line. He's had three big-time receivers that can go vertical. You know, he's a main reason why they're even in the conversation to win their division and go to the playoffs. He's that spectacular. Like, he's going to be um, in the breath of, of Patrick Mahomes for the next dozen years in the NFL. Now, dependent on how they support him will be if he elevates to that level or not. But he's he's spectacular. So Houston should get the deal done because don't wait till the end of the season to get the deal done because he is going to be in the MVP conversation this season. <laughs> is Dan Orlovsky doing that? Playing that Jaguars defense twice a year? Is Dan Orlovsky doing luck. that just to take a jab at us here in Jacksonville? <laughs> I mean, who else is going to take a jab at us here in Jacksonville? We've kind of set I mean, ourselves up for it, Brent. The next Mahomes, Watson, on the week that they let go of Leonard Fournette and picked before both of those guys. Fred Martineau, former Jags player, current MMA fighter, Austin Lane here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. And we're joined right now by Mike Clay. He might take a few shots at the Jags, too, at least with numbers. Uh, ESPN's NFL prognosticator obviously knows a lot about fantasy football as well. Mike, thanks for joining us, man. Yeah, good to be here, guys. How's it going? Yeah, very good. I just, uh, well, not just, but I've looked at your projections of the Jacksonville Jaguars. The numbers don't look good, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe uh, maybe this wasn't the best time to call, guys. Uh, <laughs> hey, uh, hey, Mike. Yeah. Mike, hasn't been a good time in like a dozen years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I tried to put as positive a spin as I could on my coverage of this team uh, as of late. I mean, there are some potential future stars, right? You You trade away... Uh, Yannick, but you have Josh Allen and, and Chase on at, at edge. You know, maybe that's that's, that's two recent first round picks that could end up being stars on uh, at edge rusher there. And you know, at least we'll get a, a look at this young running back room now without Leonard Fournette there. Maybe Devondo Zigbo or Reichel Armstead turn into stars. Who knows? Maybe James Robinson does as well. Um, and by the way, as rookie quarterback seasons go, Gardner Minshew was pretty good last season, right? Barely turned it over, led the NFL in scrambles, added a lot of value with his legs behind a shaky O-line. So maybe they hit something there, right? We're not going to know until we get a long, longer look at him this season. Uh, this is usually the year, year two, that quarterbacks make their biggest leap. So who knows? Maybe they, they found a gem. But I'll tell you what, guys, yeah, right now, overall, this roster very shaky. It's fallen quite a bit defensively from where it was a few years ago when they were one of the best units in the NFL. And I think it's going to be a rough rebuilding year. But, again, they have some pieces here, and uh, – you know, I think they'll get it strained out at some point. See, Brent, he just gave you ten reasons why you should be excited this year. Well, hey, I am. I can only give you about two of them. I'm the owner of the Sunshine and Rainbows yeah, Club here in Jacksonville, Mike, just so you know. And I'm <laughs> a little higher on Minshew than most of the national prognosticators are. Uh, so we're putting a lot of eggs in that basket. But you, you do have listed as the Jaguars' two top positions are receivers and the pass rushers. And uh, we've talked highly about them. I mean, they're fun to watch the receivers. We'll see what happens. And obviously, Chase on and Allen are really good. I've got just one quick question about how you do this i mean are you locked in like a room or something for a long time where do you come up with these numbers how long does this stuff take i hope you have a team that helps you out and a mighty big calculator <laughs> no i mean uh, i mean espn stats and information is a great job feeding me the data uh every you know after every game which it helps the process uh, immensely but no i mean i built my projection model about a year ago and it's I update it every day. You know, I was just actually working on the, the most recent batch of NFL transactions. Uh, guys, it's, it's the offensive categories, of course, for fantasy football, but I do full defensive projections. I do kickers. I do punters, returners, head coaches you could use. If you're a, maybe you're a really advanced <laughs> fantasy player, yeah, maybe you're a really advanced fantasy player and you want to step it up, you know, add punters and head coaches and, and ramp it up uh, over at ESPN.com. We have all kinds of options. But, uh, 
yeah, it's a it's a long process, and I like to think it's a pretty well oiled machine. So it doesn't take me as much time as you might think in season, but uh, it is still nonetheless a lot of work. Mike, man, whatever they're paying you, you should ask for double. That's ridiculous. You're doing coaches, punters as well. Uh, that's very cool. Listen, hey, maybe he does MMA fighters. Maybe he does MMA fighters as well, man. We'll, we'll pick his brain about that a little later. Listen, I can sit here and talk Jacksonville Jaguars if I want to, but you know what, man? You're a fantasy expert. When I'm talking to a fantasy expert, I don't care about the Jacksonville Jaguars. I care about winning my fantasy football championships. What's really at stake here? So when we talk about fantasy, fantasy football. We talk about the quarterback position obviously being very important. To me right now, you got two guys. You got Patrick Mahomes and you got Lamar Jackson as your one and two, right? You can slot them out either Mahomes number one, Jackson number one, but they're one and two. My question to you is, there's a couple other guys on my radar. I don't want to say who they are because Brent's listening. We haven't even drafted yet. But the names rhyme with Mosh Fallon and maybe Lyler Fury, let's just say. So, like, we were talking about Mahomes and Jackson here. Where is a suitable place to draft those guys? And when you do draft them, are they going to be so ahead of everybody else where it's like you better get those guys if you want to have a chance to win the championship this season? Yeah, I mean, if you look across a 10-team leagues right now, the Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes are going right around this round two, round three turn, right? So mm-hmm. you're talking right around 20th in that range. Uh, everyone else is going about five rounds later right? or later than that in the double-digit round. So, uh, you know, if you want to kind of get an edge, maybe you're still new to fantasy football and, uh, you know, or you know, it's not a super competitive league and, and you want to get some sort of edge, just wait a quarterback, right? Let people start reaching on them, uh, thinking that it is a super important position, and take advantage of the depth that's available later in your draft. It's going to be a winning strategy, uh, and it's one of the number ones you should be thinking about uh, if you're new to the game. Um, but and, and that really goes for if you're advanced as well. I mean, you're going to be able to look at a guy like Kyler Murray and say, maybe he is the next Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson. I mean, he was the first overall pick last season. The pedigree's there. He was QB8 in fantasy as a rookie because he had tremendous rushing ability. His head coach slash play caller is entering his third, or excuse me, his second season in the NFL. And he got some guy named DeAndre Hopkins as his new top wide receiver. That's, that's pretty good. Uh, it's a pretty good situation as well. So uh, I do think that Murray, you could get him around round seven or eight right now. It's worth the plunge, even though you can get, uh, you know, a, a good discount of quarterback. It's worth it in the middle rounds because he could be a league winner this season. Hey, bro, are you listening? Kyler Murray, worth the plunge. I tried are to you block listening? that out. You hearing this right now? I tried to Kyler block Kyler Murray. Brett Gardner Martin is a Kyler Minshew. Murray denier. Don't worry about Brett Martin right now. We're talking to me. All right, so listen, let's put a little Jaguars twist on it real quick then. Leonard Fournette right now, we're to the point where some people haven't drafted yet. And obviously, I don't know where you have him ranked right now that he got let go by the Jaguars. You'd have to assume that wherever he goes, it's going to suit his style. And when you talk about his style, you're talking about a guy who obviously commands attention around the goal line, gets those touchdowns, but also keep in mind, was a leading receiver last year for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So there is some, I think, use for him in half-point PPR or full-point PPR. I guess my question to you is, where do you see Fournette going right now in, in mock drafts, and where should people try to take him? Yeah, he should be going in the double-digit rounds, probably wow. early double-digit rounds. Okay. Uh, here's the thing. Look, uh, when you're, we're done here, look across the NFL rosters. Just look at depth charts and find me a room, where a running back room, where he's going to go and be the starter. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it doesn't exist right now. You know, they, running back is as deep as ever. Teams are using committees. They're pretty happy. There's just that situation does not exist. So, his best-case scenario is probably somewhere like Kansas City where he go in. Uh, they have some guys there. They obviously have the rookie, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He'll be the one, and he steps into the two and kind of mixes in. Maybe he takes advantage of that pass-heavy, uh, super-effective offense, and it makes his 
you know, his efficiency and his numbers look good, a lot like it did for Damian Williams, among others, in recent seasons, and kind of fills that void for that team. And, you know, yeah, maybe if there's an injury or Edward Tiller struggles, suddenly he's looking at 20 touches a game in the best offense in the NFL. So, uh, you know, that's that's a, a probably best-case scenario outcome. Uh, another situation maybe maybe could be Chicago, but they don't seem very interested if David Montgomery misses time. But, again, he's just very, very unlikely to find his starting job. So why would you take him in round six or seven? I mean, he's, he's a backup, and he doesn't even have a team right now. So, uh, for me, I'm, I'm not too interested in him at this point. Talking to fantasy football expert and analytics guru Mike Clay here. Mike, I got one last question for you. I'll let Brent get back to it. Um, how much do you pay attention to storylines when you're trying to construct your fantasy football roster? I, the reason I bring it up is this. David Johnson, a guy who had some pretty good run in Arizona, gets traded to Houston. Now, we always say no player on the field has more tied to their head coach's success than the quarterback position, and I agree. But I truly feel like if Bill O'Brien wants to keep his job this year, he needs he needs David Johnson to have a monumental season to prove that, you know what, we traded DeAndre Hopkins away, but it was justified because of how well David Johnson did. So to me, David Johnson's a super sleeper. Do you agree with me, or should I not be looking so much in those kind of storylines well no, I, I totally hear what you're coming from but i'm more uh prone to look look at the depth chart and say okay well you have david johnson you have duke johnson who they don't like to, to carry the football we've seen that throughout his career including last season in houston and then you have buddy howell and scotty phillips and karen higdon i mean those guys aren't going to play you know it's yeah. going to be the Dave johnson show and it's going to be duke johnson mixed in and passing situations so there's just not really any competition i still think this is an above average offense you know hopkins is gone but they do have a pretty decent group uh four deep at wide receiver the o-line's still a problem of course but uh it yeah i mean they just don't really have the bodies in the backfield for you to say okay well i think this guy's going to get 10 carries a game i mean they just don't have that so uh from that uh standpoint i do think david johnson uh, is a fine pick in the fifth round of the drafts uh, if you need a running back there. That being said, I'm usually attacking running back early in the first round or two, and then I'm going heavy on wide receivers in that range where guys like Todd Gurley and David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell and Melvin Gordon are being drafted. I, I'm not too fond of those guys. I want those young early-round guys that catch a lot of footballs, and then I'll, I'll pivot to, to wide receivers. But, um, again, if you want to take that stab in, in round five on a guy like Johnson, knowing he has a high floor because of the volume, I, I really can't crush it for that. ESPN's Mike Clay with us on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. We got to let him run, but I do have a question for you, man. Uh, do you like walk into a bathroom and people ask you fantasy questions? <laughs> like, are you in the line at the grocery store and people are like, "Hey, where should I take so and so?" I would. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Once in a while. I mean, when I was on vacation, I actually was wearing my mask, of course, and and someone uh, recognized me and was asking me questions. So I was surprised by that. I thought the mask would uh, would cover it up a little bit. But look, I, honestly, I don't mind. I love it. I love talking football. It's uh, it's my life. Like I said, I'm updating projections year round for punters i mean in the middle of you know <laughs> after this so uh so it, it's just a constant process i enjoyed and uh you know whatever whatever it takes to make people you know help people uh, enjoy the game play the game over at espn fantasy have a good time and, and help make roster decisions because i'm doing their projections they're not random i'm trying my best to put the best guys at the top so you guys can uh, get the right guys in your lineup it's not perfect by any means uh there's a it's a high variance game as you guys know but uh yeah, I enjoy the process, and uh, hopefully it helps people win some championships this year. If you're projecting Doug Marone, he does win a lot of challenges, so he's got a good challenge record. Now we're there talking. You go. Now Add we're that talking. to the statistics. Uh, Mike Clay from ESPN, we appreciate it, man. Fantasy football, so much fun to play with your buddies, your family, and stay connected during this pandemic. Thanks for taking the time. I know you're a busy man. Anytime, fellas.
That's Mike Clay from yeah. ESPN. I mean, the numbers are on. I love numbers, too. I'm a big numbers guy. I mean, as a kid, I got into sports a lot because of the numbers. I love reading the box scores, and uh, I, I probably don't read as much of it anymore, but I love some of the numbers he comes up with. And even here in Jacksonville, as we've been puzzled by their futility, sometimes we'll do our own little statistical analysis and yep. jump in and, and try to figure out what's wrong with Blaine Gabbert, Bortles. What's wrong? Why, why can't they score – once they get inside the 20, you know, it's fun to do that. And there's not as much information on Jacksonville all the time as there might be on some other teams. But uh, I just retweeted basically the Jaguars projections for 2020 from Mike Clay. And mm-hmm. it's a fascinating look. And by the way, the numbers for Gardner Minshew, 3,600 yards and change, mm-hmm. 18 touchdowns, nine interceptions, another 250 or 60 yards uh, rushing. Not bad. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't make you over the moon. Yeah. But, I mean, off last year, those could be numbers. What I'd like to see is that 36 up to 3,800 and at 18 touchdowns, yeah. more like 25 if possible. I don't know yeah. if that is asking too much, but if you give me like 3,800 yards on Gardner, a mm-hmm. couple more hundred yards of rushing, which means you're four, over 4,000, uh, and you have 25 touchdowns and nine picks, you sign up for that today, don't you? I think you always do, man. I mean, that's that's hard to deny, especially with what you have going on this season. So absolutely. And I'm going to be honest with you. A lot of the stuff you just said, I kind of blacked out on because, I, because <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you, because you talked about Kyler Murray, and the whole time I'm thinking, like, man, Mike Clay is a big Kyler Murray guy. How can I get him on my fantasy team? So I heard the Gardner Minshew question, but I also have – Kyler Murray eyes right now, and I apologize for that, Brent. Yeah, no problem. But listen, uh, I mean, listen, I mean no, I, I'm kidding. You, this but, was a little sideswipe deal because you knew Mike Clay had some really good numbers on yeah. on uh, Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. L- listen, the numbers add up. Couldn't get into it with Mike Clay, and I want, and I'm sure there are tendencies if you follow Mike, uh, and you can go back and look over the last year or so because this formula, if you will, this this method that he's come up with is is somewhat new. He said in the last year. Um, but what I want to know is what makes the outlier? Is it just yeah. happenstance? Is there a little bit of momentum for an outlier, you know, to ne- take the next step or fizzle mm-hmm. and not be? Is it just based on injury and personnel? There's so many factors that go well, into it when you build like a something, a model like exactly. This. And that's the thing. It's never an exact science, right? You have to take those outliers in, into place a little bit. So, I mean, like to me, what I'm curious about, like how many times do the outliers get the results where it's a difference between going to a Super Bowl and having a mediocre season, right? Like, do you play it by the books a little bit in terms of, like, do you need those kind of outlier guys on your team to be successful, or do you kind of go with the -the run-of-the-mill guys that are consistent and you're good to go? That's what I'd love to know. But, I mean, if anybody knows, I guess Mike Clay knows. Dude, he's breaking down punters, Brent. Can you imagine breaking down punters? It's amazing. Tom Coughlin mentioned Logan Cook one time in a press (laughs) conference, and I I wanted to (laughs) throw my TV away. I can't imagine. Uh, by the way, i got to tell you this. Uh, sign up for free at ESPN.com slash fantasy football or download the ESPN fantasy app. Mm-hmm. And that's how you get your friends and your family and everybody, uh, all these different leagues. How many leagues are you in? Or will um, you be in, do you think? About four. How about you, Coos? I'm only, well, if we do one, two. 
I, I'm normally in more, but all of them have canceled because of the coronavirus. And I was like, cancel because they're political, aren't they? Is this politically driven canceling? I have no idea. To be honest, I have yeah. no idea. I mean, seriously, like, how would you cancel during a pandemic? I mean, it's the optimal time to play fantasy football. You can spend more time doing homework for your draft. Brent, you can yeah. Zoom and Microsoft Brent, Teams. Brent, it's politically driven. I'm telling you, man, politically driven. <laughs> fantasy football is politically driven. No, people want to play, watch football or play fantasy football because it's politically driven. Ah, uh, we're about to see ratings at. go down. Is that what you yeah. say? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying Kuz's fantasy football groups are politically driven. All I'm saying. I want. Here's my problem with the fantasy. Like we didn't put any money on it last year. Bragging rights, though. I put. I finished hey. second, right? I lost in the championship yeah. to you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, hey, you know what? You didn't win. Okay. That's I all that matters. I didn't win. Don't, don't worry about what you did last year. You no. didn't win. I okay? didn't win, and yeah. I auto drafted. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> that was the best. That's right. You did. That was my yeah. first fantasy football league That's in about right. uh, 14, 15 years. Yeah. And I auto drafted. Because you couldn't log in, right? Or well, something. Because happened. we tried to do it live, and yeah. it was oh. just an epic disaster. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't good. Hey. Hey. Here's some advice to folks starting radio shows or doing one. Yeah, yeah. Don't try the live on air fantasy draft. It's not going to work out well. Make sure you can log in before yeah. the draft. We Everyone's remember, in. And also, I screwed up like the draft order too. And well, so it did, was yeah. a nightmare. Yeah. Hey, you have the first pick in the fantasy world in the fantasy league. Yeah. This isn't inside information. Who are you taking? Who are most people taking? Uh, first pick of the draft. You probably lean in Saquon. Maybe Zeke. Probably one of those two. I mean, you got to go running back, obviously. So I'm going. Who do you think is going to be the rest of the running back this year? McCaffrey. Oh, my bad, McCaffrey. Yeah, I'm taking Christian McCaffrey. Is Sorry. he is he hands down the number one guy? You think? Especially when you're talking about Barkley would be in the mix, but he's had some health. Barkley things. would be in the mix, but I think when you're talking about if it's a half point PPR or a full PPR, where you're talking about receptions as well, you can't deny McCaffrey. So McCaffrey's actually the the top guy. I just figured that out. I just put out there on our feed. I said, who would you pick number one overall? And yeah. I know what I'm going to get now. Next question: What kind of league is it? Is it a scoring only league? Is it a PPR Brent, league? Is it a half PPR? You, you got to ask these questions, man. I hey, mean, between people. PPEs and PPRs, and this is why you're not sitting in first place from last year. I'm auto like that. I'm auto drafting again, <laughs> <laughs> or I'm calling Kaylee out of the bullpen. She's won a league before. Has she? Okay. Oh yeah, she beat all the boys one year. Nice on the baseball team. What can she do? Nah, she's multi-talented. Ty, where are you at? Hopefully, she can do math and science. Uh, here we go. Let's get those grades. She had that today. All right, we'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Talking more football. If you have some fantasy questions, your experts will answer them. Austin and Coots when we come back. <laughs>